de Global Latin Factor Podcast. Welcome you and all to another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast where we talk about Latino everything. That's right. And today we have a very special Latina. She is the co-anchor for KRLD Afternoon News weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. Previously, she worked at KDAF, sorry, KDAF CW33, and she's also been an anchor, TV anchor, weather anchor, and much more. She graduated from the University of North Texas with a bachelor's in art, radio, TV, film, and she's been in the business for almost 15 years. She has thousands of followers on social media, Luchek Verified, of course, first-generation Cuban-American and half-Mexican-American, an amazing combo. We have Kristen Diaz. Thank Hola. you so much. You Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here and just um, very grateful that you asked me to be here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And thank you very much. I appreciate you being here. Uh, we met at Pizza Fest. Yes. I thought you were super awesome. <laughs> we hit it off like immediately. immediately. It was like we knew each other forever. <laughs> right? But then when I started looking into everything that you did, Wow, she's super freaking oh, amazing and really good. You. You're the first TV anchor I had. And it was like, Really? Wow, I'm the first one? Precious, super precious, oh, yeah. yay! Very first one. Okay, so we're going to do what we call Preguntas al Chile. Okay, vamos. Preguntas al Chile, like rapid fire questions. We got some graphics playing right now. A little now. spicy. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to ask you this or that. Let us know what you like. Tacos or tortas? Tacos. Corn tortillas or flour tortillas? Oh, man. My abuelita's uh, flour tortillas, homemade, mm. <laughs> homemade, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. But I don't know. If I go to a restaurant, I get corn. Corn tortillas. Okay. Gorditas or sopes? Mm, sopes. Okay. Mexican coca or jarrito? Oh, jarrito. Okay. I'll get to your Cuban roots here in a second. <laughs> I got you. Agua de horchata, jamaica or tamarindo? Uh, jamaica. Salsa verde, salsa roja? Verde. Okay, pozole menudo. Do you like either one? Los dos, Los pero dos? pozole. Pozole. Do you drink a little bit? Because I'm picky. I, just, oh, I don't hey. eat anybody's menudo. That is true. <laughs> a lot of people do say that because yeah. it is true. Uh, do you drink a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Do you like beer, Corona, Dos X, Modelo, Victoria? Dos X. Dos X. Dressed. Yes, good. <laughs> tequila or mezcal? Uh, tequila. Conchitas, do you like the pink ones, the white ones, or the pink ones? Pink, because it's my favorite color. Nice. <laughs> well, it's a little pink. I got a little, I got a little pink. I sneak yeah. it on. Okay, so check it out. Now we're going to get to the Cuban side. Ropa vieja Ay. or fricase de pollo? Oh, fricase. Uh, mm, ropa vieja. Okay. Cubano or pan con lechón? Oh. Can I say pan con bistec? Yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> Lechón asado o vaca frita. Ah, oh, vaca frita. Vaca frita. Sí. Tamal cubano o tamal mexicano. Oh, mm. mexicano. Solamente porque, you know what? I grew up on my, on my nanas. This is my Tejano grandmother. Yeah. She makes the best homemade tamales awesome. every year, awesome. every year. Arroz con leche o flan. Flan. Land. Okay. And just in general, when you hear the term Latino, what does it mean to you? What comes to mind? Or as far as like you being a Latina, do you identify? Do you care for the term? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Um, it's everything to me. It's my identity. It's my love. It's my passion. It's my pride. It's my history. 
um, to be Latina to me is just, um, it's a superpower, you know, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because it means something different to every Latino. Because yeah. just like an American, we all have our roots from different, co- you know, countries. Yeah. And to be Latino, you, you know, you can be a variety of that. And uh, for me to be first generation Cuban American, right. you know, um, and um, Tejana, you know, on my yeah. mother's side, I, I have such a, a beautiful history behind me from my ancestors, from my family uh, that I've never um I've never forgotten in anything that I've done. I've tried to, as much as I can, pull from, you know, whether it be the style, the, you know, the boldness, the, um, the encouragement, the, right. you know, because to be a Latino is not easy, you know, right. and uh, the things that we've made in history and, and the point that, you know, for my family, how we have gotten here and how we have, you know, excelled in so many things to me, that's just like uh, with all of the challenges against Latinos, I think mm-hmm. it's just uh, something that I'm full of pride for. I appreciate those words. And uh, the, the part was nobody has said it. And I think it's super awesome. Uh, the the Vian Latino is a superpower. Yeah, that thing is super awesome. Yeah, but the simple fact that even if you do know if you're Latino, you speak two languages. I think that counts for more for the same reason that your brain operates in a different yeah. way. Whenever you're talking in Spanish and English, you're flipping back oh, I'm and so forth. Sorry. You're good, you're good. <laughs> so going back and forth is crazy, right? You know, and even for, there are Latinos that are not bilingual. Yeah, absolutely. But they still. They love the food. Yeah. They know it's home to them because of their roots or they, they love the music. They may not know what they're saying, but they're like the rhythm. It's, it hits their soul. You know, it's, yeah. it's to be Latino is still to be connected to your roots, even if you don't speak the language. Yeah, that's you know? true too. And then you said another thing that I like. And then I heard my dad say the other day because his granddaughters were born here in Texas now. So they're Tejanitas too. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother too. And like you said the same thing because it is true. Yeah. You were born in, in Texas, so you were at Tejana. Where they say the border crossed yeah. us, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, so I wanted to touch up on, because you were interviewed before, different yeah. podcasts and things like that. But during that time, do you have any questions that you wish they would have asked about during that time? Anything that came to mind? You know, I, you know, I just kind of go with the flow, you know, and um, I'm I'm really uh, happy to help or offer, you know, any kind of advice that I can to anybody who's ever interested in in the things that I've done. Yeah. You know, I'm happy to share my talents. I'm happy to share my experience. I'm happy to share my resources. So if there are ever any questions uh, that someone asked me or has been meaning to ask mm-hmm. me or somebody who watches this and you know would like to reach out to me for i'm i'm, I'm all for it that's know? nice okay but i I did have some questions where sure. did the passion of going into the news was there ever any influence <laughs> that you saw when you were little they were like i want to be an anchor right or a radio personality anything like that so you know there's a lot of times that i've had some self-reflection over this because mm-hmm. Being a news anchor was not my dream. <laughs> it was not. And, and, and it's funny how full circle it is mm-hmm. for me to be in media and to be, um, specifically in local news. My mother, uh, she was, she's retired now, but mm-hmm. her, um, career was in 
broadcasting. She was in sales and then ultimately management for uh, radio and television. So when I was a little girl, my mom was actually the general manager of Super Tejano 108 in Houston. Nice. Some of my youngest uh, memories as a little girl going to work on a weekend with my mom and while she's away you know working in her office her asking the DJs to watch me so I remember like playing with this you know the foam the Mm -hmm. soundproofing foam that they put in the the DJ booths I remember picking at it and wanting to play on the mic wanting to pretend like I was (laughs) Selena you know because this is back in the 90s right Selena's huge this is a Tejano station you know Mm -hmm. they're playing her music constantly and and I, when I was little, I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to be like so many other, oh, yeah. you know, Latinas in the 90s. I mean, I wanted to grow up to be just like Selena and be performing and singing and dancing. I can dance, but I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, being at a radio station at five years old, I remember that. And mm. then I moved to Dallas because my mom ended up becoming the general manager and vice president of Univision here oh, in Dallas. Wow. And she stayed in that position for 19 years and was oh, the... Wow. Um, the GM and the VP of um, not only Univision, but also Telefatura. And uh, she started that station here. So again, it goes back to my childhood. I have so many memories of being at the television station and, you know, hanging out in the edit booths and watching them edit video and going to the newsroom and, you know, Mm -hmm. hanging out and, you know, talking to the reporters and going into the studio and always thinking, gosh, it's so cold in here, like never wanting to be in the (laughs) studio, you know, but um, knowing that I couldn't play in the studio, Mm. you know. And so it's funny how I have all of this connection. Right. But it was not my dream. I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be um, a, a professional dancer. Since the age of four, uh, my parents always had me in dance classes. Oh, nice. And in, when I was seven years old, and I, I was living here now already in Dallas at that time, I was uh, placed in a ballet academy. Mm. And um, I was very serious about my studies and was in a ballet, pre-professional ballet company up until I um, graduated high school. And when I went into college, I was even thinking of being a double major at the time of a dance major. My dream was to be like a backup dancer yeah. and go on tour <laughs> and, you know, um, just kind of be in the background, not the right. center stage. And right. um, and unfortunately, when I was 15, uh, about to turn 15, I tore my ACL. Ouch. And um, that was a big blow to my future mm-hmm. as a dancer. And... Um, my parents always had a very, very strict, you know, standards that you cannot dance unless you bring home A's and B's. You must be an A-B student, mm. you know, keep your grades up and be focused in school. School always came first uh, in order for me to dance. It was a right. privilege. You know, they never, they always made sure that I knew it was a privilege to be able to dance. And um, so one of the things that I did in school mm-hmm. that I always enjoyed was Debate. I was on the debate team since like (laughs) my freshman or sophomore year in high school. Mm -hmm. I joined the debate team because I loved the public speaking and I loved learning about current events, you know, and knowing both sides of the story and how to argue both sides of the story. And so I was on varsity debate for three of my four years that I was in high school. And I think it was my junior or senior year. I was able to graduate early. And I know this is a very long story, but I think it's no, it's, it's, it's all a part of you know how I got here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and it's just uh, I you know in high school they saw 
this trade school. You know, you could go do for mechanics, oh, cosmetology, yeah. and all this. And they had a class where it was just like your setup here, lights, mm -hmm. camera, microphones. And I said, wow, what, what class is this? And they said, oh, this is our media technology class. We'll teach you how to edit video. We'll teach you how to be in, in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And I said, sign me up. And um, it from being worried about what my future was going to be at that time as a high school student because – I no longer was seeing a true professional pathway right. to dance. I really then, you know, put through myself into school and having this class really kind of gave me like another avenue to in in my mind have showtime, you know, how to how to have a performance, how yeah. to create a show. And that's what I thought maybe I wanted to do was be a producer and create content and whatnot. This is, you know, before social media yeah. was crazy. Before influencers. Before reels. Before, before influencers was yeah, even a word. You know, we didn't do yeah. that. So um, this was my, like, creative outlet. And I kind of merged the debate and the current events with the production. And then by the time I graduated, I decided to go to UNT that had a great news program. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of how it, it's kind of weird, right? Like yeah. I, I was always around television and radio, but it was like it wasn't until like God kind of changed my path a little bit. My like my took the blinders off like mm -hmm. the world is more than just dance, Kristen. And and then that's kind of how I got into it. And the University of North Texas, for anybody who's, you know, curious about a school here that might be able to help flourish their career in, in broadcasting. They have an amazing program. Nice. A radio station there, a television oh, yeah. station there that actually broadcasts. It's not just like, you know, you're at your like maybe high school or something like that. You did the announcements and it was only in your campus. Mm -hmm. This actually goes through the cable. Like anybody in Denton can watch North Texas television. That's, you were part of it, right? Produced here. Mm -hmm. and you were part of it. Yeah. How long were you there? So I, I I was able to get my my bachelor's in uh, four years. Mm -hmm. You know I know that's that's different for everybody, but for me in, in those short four years, I worked at the radio station first, yes. KNTU eighty eight point one as mm -hmm. a DJ, uh, midday drive. It's an actually a jazz station, the only jazz station here in the Metroplex, <laughs> and they also used to have their own. Um, newscasts on the radio station. So I also with helped it. the newscast. And uh, and the only reason why I joined radio first is because the television station already had all the positions filled. They, mm. you know, it was all ran by students. And it was by seniority. So as a freshman sophomore, I couldn't get like a spot. So I went to go work for the radio station. And mm -hmm. then eventually as a sophomore, the um, TV program director, she kind of was like, All right, come on <laughs> come over, over here. here. <laughs> <laughs> and after that it was just one project after another at the TV station there. Do you remember your first time you were in front of the cameras? How did it feel like? You know, um, for for me, I had been kind of in front of the cameras as a high schooler. Mm -hmm. So I used to model when I was younger. Oh, and nice. um, I had been in a couple of commercials. And like for Haritos mm -hmm. and Bimbo, and I had been in a couple wow, of uh, commercials for, for them. Yes, I'm a and YouTuber. when I was in high school, so I was kind of like comfortable with the camera. Mm -hmm. It didn't really bother me too much. Um, but I will say that when I started working at the uh, TV station there on campus, I immediately wanted to be the anchor. You know, like everybody wants to be the anchor. They want to be, the, and they mm -hmm. were like, no, 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 no. That's for the seniors that are graduating who need to make a reel so that they can, you know give that, you know, uh, with their resumes to find a job. Oh, yeah. You need to start off like a, as a reporter or production or behind the scenes. 
And uh, I said, no, come on. I want to do something in front of the camera. Like, okay, what about weather? We need a weather anchor. Why don't you audition for weather? And I do remember during that audition, I was like, man, I got this. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's nothing. And I go, well, the thing is when you're doing weather, Mm -hmm. it's all mirror image. You know, and it's ad lib. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no teleprompter, there's no script, you have to memorize everything and then you have to basically have a glorified PowerPoint and remember the order of your slides and give your presentation. And I gave every, the seven day like backwards, I started like a sa- Saturday, Friday and Thursday, I was so nervous. <clears throat> I didn't even realize until I got to like Wednesday and Tuesday that I had been oh given my. the whole seven day backwards. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to get this. They probably think I'm a huge idiot. Well, the next thing I know, they call me, they're like, we loved you, you <coughs> kind of like went with the flow and you made us laugh yeah. and you just kind of <laughs> just, just awesome. kept rolling with it you know so you got the job i was like okay <laughs> hey it so worked was, out for the best that so that's good college. yeah yeah i definitely learned then and i actually was able to get a, a job thank god um uh, a couple years later straight out of college down in corpus i think Christi. your confidence was it was sold it even though you were messing it yeah. up <laughs> i was secret, like i knew i was messing you it up still, big. Was like, you go yeah. still going in like you know what you was doing and yeah. you were like you know yeah so fun. that was good Okay, before we move on to the next, whenever you moved to Corpus Christi, because you worked over there, mm-hmm. how how did you get past that dark time whenever you ACO? Because I'm pretty sure you were young and it was pretty traumatizing. How did it help you push forward to know that there was still more for you to do, even though it was one of your bigger dreams, yeah. that you still had to move forward? What helped you push? What did you see? Like, did your parents encourage you? Did anything happen? You said, I just need to keep going with this. I was fully invested mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. in having a professional dance career. Yeah. I, you know, woke up in the morning, would go to school, and as soon as I got off of school at four o'clock, I went to my first dance class at five. I would take multiple classes, you know, maybe up to three sometimes at night, and wouldn't get home till like ten, ten thirty at night. Mm. Do my homework, you know, shower, go to bed, and then the next day start all over again and right. I danced six six days a week so you're right it was very traumatizing it was a dark time um, I think uh, I'm learning now that uh, my second ACL surgery which was later down the road mm-hmm. was more traumatizing and more triggering for me uh, than the first time mm-hmm. I think the first time it happened when I like I said I was almost 15 um, I still had so many other things to catch my attention uh, because I was in school, you know, as a high school student and, you know, I was a stu- student class president and I was in the foreign language club and I was in, uh, you know, I was on the step team and mm. I, I was, I did a whole bunch of other stuff that it kind yeah. of just, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can't do this, but I have so many other things to fill up. Uh, you know, my schedule. I have mm-hmm. so many other things I can I can keep myself busy. Um, debate, like I said, I was on track. So so I kept myself busy. Um, and I always still had, I still kept dancing. So I, it's not like I stopped completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I just knew that I wasn't going to probably be picked up by a company because it's just like a, any athlete, you know, you're injured. <laughs> like who's going who's gonna to recruit you? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so pretty much... Because you had other options, you stay busy yeah, and yeah. occupied. That it kept away from, even though it was like a yeah. real deep. Dream In the back of, of, of my mind, it wasn't completely gone. Mm. It wasn't. It was like, okay, we'll take a little break. You know, I should still have focus on like maybe school and yeah. going to college, and I can still dance. You know, like 
maybe on the side. And I did when I was in college. Um, you know, I did took take a lot of dance classes. I was on a, on a small little dance team uh, on campus, and I taught dance at a uh, gym oh, nice. uh, for kids on Saturdays. So that was I worked three jobs through college. So that was one of my side hustles. You know, was to teach kids a little hip hop class and whatnot. So you know, I still had it um, mm-hmm. when I was in my twenties working in Corpus Christi. I tore my ACL again. That was oh. when I really was like, okay, it's like I'm done, done. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so was it the same leg? Was it the other? The other. The, the other, other leg. Yeah. So both the legs. Right? It was, yeah. It so was we were like, Tatequeta, you did mm-hmm. a bad dance. What is your favorite dance movie of all times? Dance so movie? Many, yeah, there's so many of them. You know, this is so lame because I didn't really grow up... Uh, You know, when I was a kid, it was like Blockbuster. You know, yeah. it was like you were at the mercy of whatever was at Blockbuster. Yeah. And I don't, I don't ever really remember there being like really good, you know, um, dance movies there. Like anytime I could find like the Bolshoi Ballet, like at their actual performance, you know, on, you know, on VHS, then I would try to rent it out or anything Barishnikov, you know, performing in it. You know, I would want to do that. But I never had like a favorite that I actually owned. Mm. So this is what I'm saying. It's gonna be like, what's the one that was like Honey Daniels? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was I don't that recall, movie? But the only one was that comes to mind. Or, no, not Step Up. Uh, Save the Last Dance Save is the only the, one that comes one to mind. One of those. Yeah. I think when I became like a teenager, and uh-huh. I would watch those, and I would be like, oh, they're cool, you yeah, know. It is. Um, but I, I don't think I really had a, like a favorite favorite. I like Save the Last. But dance. now you know you got Netflix. You can stream whatever dance you know movie that ever existed. You know. Yeah, but. that's true. Okay, so <laughs> what took you to Corpus Christi? I know probably a job offer, right? Yeah. And you were yeah. there for almost nine years or nine years? Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a little transition, right? I'm going to get a little yeah, water. Absolutely. Uh, Corpus Christi. Yeah. So what what uh, took you to Corpus Christi? Was it a job offer? Were you applying for different things to try out? Because you were a weather woman before mm-hmm. over there, right? Yeah. So I graduated from the University of North Texas. And um, I remember I graduated in May. And I was thinking, oh, man, I got the summer off. I'm going to relax. And I remember mm-hmm. my parents being like, girl, no, you better get <laughs> the job. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, let me start applying. And mm-hmm. um I had been doing uh, the weather for the campus TV station oh, for yeah. three years. And in those three years, I was like, you know, I really kind of like this. I kind of liked the um, ability to be off script, mm-hmm. you know, to show personality and um, to ad lib and not to really be at the mercy of like anybody telling me how to do my job. You know, right. the, the creativeness of being a weather anchor is what I really liked, you know. And um, I, I remember it was like 2011 and my my parents were like, look, to become a weather anchor, you need to be certified. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. To be to be a, a weather anchor in a top market, mm. you know, to you need to become a meteorologist and that requires more schooling. And wow. uh, in 2011, I, I know some people remember we were bouncing back from like the recession from 2008 yep. and whatnot. Yep. And at the time, a lot of my mentors were telling me, you know, Kristen, a lot of newsrooms are actually reducing their staff and they're making their reporters um, MMJs or multimedia journalists, basically a one man band. They are the photographer, they are the editor, they are the reporter, all in, mm. you know, all in one, right? Wow. In one position. And they were like, do you want to become a reporter or do you want to go back to school to become a weather anchor? And I said, you know what? Uh, I feel like I've worked really hard to have a really good resume. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to throw it out there and see what sticks. 
Um, one thing we didn't talk about, but um, I mentioned that I worked three jobs in college, and one of which was I worked at the CW33. Oh, yeah, you did. And I worked as a production assistant. Mm-hmm. I started working there in 2008, actually, as a, I was still a sophomore, I think, uh, in college. And um, getting that behind-the-scenes um, exposure to a real local newscast yeah, and getting to not, you know, not just school, mm-hmm. but actually getting to work at a real station in Dallas. That was huge. So I had all of that on my resume and uh, Corpus Christi had a position for a weekend anchor. And I think it was a weekday reporter mm-hmm. and they hired me for that. They were like, Hey, you know, do you want this? Yes. Okay, cool. They hired me. But then like a week later, they called me back and they said, hey, I know that we hired you for this reporter anchor position, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't happen to know how to do weather, right? I'm like, what? So I didn't put that I had experience in weather on my resume because I wasn't certified yeah. and I didn't think anybody would hire me without the credentials. Yes. Well, that's because smaller towns, which again, we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, this is a huge metroplex, right? In smaller towns, they don't have the sometimes the budget or they don't have the luxury of getting, you know, a meteorologist to come down to them. So they will accept a weather forecaster who might just be certified barely, you know. And so it's a lot of <laughs> So you on had the enough job. experience. Though, I don't right? have enough experience <laughs> and they were gonna give me on the job training. That's and they were like, funny. You okay with that? And I was like, Yeah. And they're like, Well, you you still need to come audition. We still need to make sure you know how to put a weather cast together. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And thankfully, you know, I knew how to work all the programs and I knew how to put together a weather forecast and knew how to get the weather from the National Weather Service and how to interpret, interpret that, um, that data. And Mm -hmm. they hired me and, um, I was their weather anchor for four years. I started off on the weekends Mm -hmm. and, uh, like less than a year later, like I just started there and they promoted me to the weekday. The weekdays. The weekday. And that was like pressure because mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Now I'm like, people really relying on me to know, yeah. you know, my stuff, you know. And I, so I actually went back to school through Penn State University and I went online schooling to become certified in weather forecasting. And it was during that that I was like, eh. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not as passionate about weather. weather. Mm-hmm. Because if you like, if you know any real meteorologists, like in real life, they love weather. They yeah. are like weather nerds, weather geeks, like <laughs> to the core, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not really me. I'm not that super passionate about forecasting. Like mm-hmm. it was fun to me, like doing it and going through the motions, but like the actual like wanting to wait through the storm. I was like, I'd rather be reporting in the storm than being on the weather wall telling you that it's Caring coming. about pressures and cold yeah, and hot like, and I all don't want to be sitting there. Yeah. I want to be where the action is. Mm. Put me in the hurricane. Yeah. God heard me and put me in Hurricane Harvey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was down there, there when uh, Hurricane Harvey came. But Ouch. that to me was the thrilling part. And that's when I realized I wanted to be back in news. Yeah. And so I transitioned and I became the news anchor. The news anchor. Okay. So you must love reading. <laughs> because sometimes I do solo episodes and I do the teleprompter, the real small one. Yeah. And it kind of, I'm still struggling through it, trying to get used to it. Yeah. But I know it requires a lot of reading to be really good. And yeah. it just goes fast. If you, I still have the remote and cheat. Yeah. But so do you enjoy reading a lot? You know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? No, I, you know, I, um, no, my mom would, always, even as a kid, I was like, I only like buying, the, like going to the book fair. Uh-huh. But no, I didn't, I was never a big reader. It, I think um, for me, it was just uh, 
we always had we always had the news on at home. Mm. You know, and I, I thought that was normal. I thought everybody like watched the news at mm. home. Like I didn't realize that wasn't normal. Granted, my mom worked for Univision, so mm-hmm. we always had Univision on, you know, so I would watch Primer Impacto and I was mm-hmm. at yeah. Despierta America, mm-hmm. you know, my mom would, you know, channel surf because she wanted to see what the other newscasts were, you know, what their breaking news was. So I got to, you know, I oh, saw that as a habit, nice. like going to see what the different, you know, newscasts had, you know, mm-hmm. as their leading story and who their reporter was and how they presented the story. And it was just, to me, I thought that was like what everybody did. <laughs> Until I <laughs> Maybe remember Latino going, families do yeah. during that time. I think everybody knows about preventing Pacto. Sure, and yeah. Yeah, and so, and, and that was the other thing. When I did finally, you know, start thinking, you know what, like, I, I do really like news. I do see myself having this mm-hmm. as a career. It's funny when I when people would be like, well, what's your favorite show? And I used to say, Primer Impacto. People <laughs> used to make fun of like, me. What? They always laugh. They always <laughs> laugh. But I always... I didn't even laugh in a joking manner. <laughs> I was more relating to you because we no, used to but, watch it all the time. But you know why? Mm-hmm. Because they have the most outrageous stories. They do. They do. You don't find these stories on English mm-hmm. newscasts. Mm-hmm. You don't see, like, like you just don't see, like, they are, like, in the jungle, and they find, like, some random, yeah. this person with a rare medical condition living in the mountains, yeah. and they're, like, I we used to watch Primering, but, like, so intrigued. Like, these are amazing stories. I loved that. It wasn't the regular, the fire, the shooting, the car robbery, the, the, the you know, the high speed Well, the shape, same politics. The same politics. Freaking all it the wasn't time. that, you know? Mm-hmm. I loved how how outlandish, outrageous, out just the curiosity in me was yeah. just like, these, how do they find these stories? And then what I always loved was that it was a female newscast. Yeah, it was you all know? the time. Yeah. Barbara Bermuda, you know, seeing her look head to toe, hot yep. on it, you know, and then presenting these strange stories. To me, it was fascinating as a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, people always laugh. They're like, really? And they roll their eyes. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> now that you explain it to me that way, whenever I was little, I used to watch it. I didn't see it that way. But now that you're saying that, you are right. Yeah. There, there were a unique way of like news compared to everybody else. Yeah, nobody else yeah. did it like that. And like I said, you know, um, it was just different from local newscasts. It was most definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you, so now that you started to do that, so, what made you want to like fall in love with it? Like, why you, you realize, okay, I'm an anchor. I really want to do the anchor. I know that you said earlier that the debate you really like to look at current events. Mm-hmm. Did that kind of play a factor into wanting to do an anchor? And then because you like to the news and like to be informed about that? Yeah, I think it really, um, for me, always like kind of living a very sheltered life, very mm, being very naive yeah, yeah. and, you know, just going to school, learning what they wanted me to learn going to the dance studio and just being focused in a craft and then going home, like news and learning about current events helped me explore the world, Mm. you know, outside of my home, outside of my comforts, you know, and learn more about just how the world worked. But what truly made me fall in love with local news is the people, you know, um, realizing that you are a public servant when you're in the news, you know, you, it's mm-hmm. not about you. Mm-hmm. It's, and I, t- I talked to this with a lot of the girls that, you know, um, I'm connected with through various like Facebook pages and stuff like that, that, um, girls that I've worked with, you know, who, you know, are younger than me, um, that have asked me like, what is it like being in, in news? And, you know, I want to be, you know, like 
just like you in the, you know, the same vicinity of presenting. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's not about the lights. It's not about the makeup. It's not about the hair. It's not yeah. about what you look like. It's about what you are providing to the public. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corpus Christi was an amazing community um, to be in as a young journalist, to grow. Um, no, there's not a day that goes by that I don't get a DM, a comment, you know, somebody reaching out and saying, we miss you, we love mm. you, we support you, we're happy for you, we're so glad you're doing well. Like the love that you get from a community that you set to serve, mm -hmm. is, there's nothing like it, you know? And there are people who get in the business for the wrong reasons, right. you know? Um, and I always tell you, you know, Young journalists is like, you have to understand that you are a journalist for the people. Yeah. Like, to find the truths, to deliver public information, and, you know, to take care of the people who watch you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's, that's what made me love local news. I like that. I like that because <clears throat> there's two things that stand up for me. The, I was in the military. Mm -hmm. So, selfless service is one of the things that they, they push. Right. And that's freaking awesome that you're able to do that. Yeah. As far as that. And, I don't think everybody. I, I used to do the um, one of the local stations here, but community service, and I always knew that it was a service. Like I yeah. was a volunteer and service to provide, and I don't think that a lot of people see that part. Yeah. And the fact that you love that part, yeah, is I think the reason why they still reach out to you. Yes, yeah. freaking Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, but you know, and I always tell people who you know who who are interested in getting um, you know in any type of local news. You cannot just come to work, you know, read the press release, mm -hmm. and then you're done. Like, that, that's not it. You have to be involved in the community that you are serving. You yeah. know, you have to know the people. You have to talk to them. You have to give of your time. It's not just of your talents. Great. You, you know, you're pretty to look at while you read something. Great. Anybody could do that. You, you have two cents of a brain to be able to do that. But... Yeah connecting with the people and knowing what's important to them, you know, how it's going to affect their daily lives. That's how you get the stories, you know, um, being honest, being mm -hmm. an honest person, you know, also knowing when you, when you make a mistake or when you don't do something right and being yeah. honest and, and that's all, all of those traits are the traits that should be in a journalist. Are we living in a world where it's not always the case? No. Absolutely. But I, I do hope, that we bring more Latino journalists in newsrooms who have the power to do that. Yeah. Is that the reason why you, um, well, let me go and address that part. What is it the problem, the corporations that put a lot of money to those stations that really don't allow them to say the truth, even though the journalists are technically just reading whatever is given to them instead of going out in the field and talking to the people? I think it's a big misconception between mm -hmm. local news and cable news. Cable news. I think everyone kind of likes to put us all together. And it's not. And it's and it's not. It's mm -hmm. absolutely not. Um, cable news, you have talent that is controlled by the owner. You know, with local news, especially who work, you know, in partnership with, you know, newspaper journalists. Right. Um, which I truly hands down, give all my respect to, because they mm -hmm. are the ones really doing a lot of the dirty work, more oh, so yeah. than just television and radio uh, newscasters. But 
they are completely, we are completely separate. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest misconception. Now, does it happen that there are companies that sway one way or another? Absolutely. And when you are buying your own channel, hence a cable you know, channel or a streaming channel, like mm-hmm. you're allowed to do that, you yeah. know? Um, but for local news, it is supposed to be non-biased. It is supposed to be both sides of the story. That is true journalism. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's truly of the craft will always support that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I appreciate you explaining that. Yeah. Because I think everybody, like you said, wants to put it together. But it really is not that. Yeah, it's not the same. And then you'll get a different, way different story if you looked at the local channel because they have no gain for it but to give you the truth compared to somebody that might be influenced because of money yeah so okay so you really do like to be out in the community right i love i love people they have the best stories (laughs) so you you done you read for an elementary school you've been to a fiesta de las flores and all that it's it's like why is it that you like to be out and talk to like you said the stories itself yes i love people uh you know it's um, it's not a job. To, you know, when people say, like, when you love what you do, mm-hmm. it's not a job, mm-hmm. you know. And I genuinely love connecting with people. And I, I love to learn from people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think, and I was talking to somebody about this. They're, you know, they said, you know, I really like watching your interviews because sometimes you ask what I'm going to ask, and but I'm, a, I'm too afraid to ask it. And I'm right. like, I, I, I have no shame in asking a stupid question. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's like... Okay, but I didn't know, you know, like I needed you to explain it to me because if I needed it explained, somebody else probably did too, you know, like yeah. it's, you, you know, I'm not, a, I can laugh at myself, you know, mm-hmm. not, not everybody can, you know, True. and so I don't mind putting myself out there to, to, um, you know, to get the information, but um, I'm genuinely like just curious of all things you know <laughs> and i think i don't know we were like oh you know this is a true gemini or me or something like that but yeah. i just i think um anybody who's really passionate about what they do mm-hmm. to me is fascinating you know and through my job now we have a, a segment called ask the expert yes. and every day we I love that segment thank you yeah. we we um we try to find something that's happening in the news and we try to find somebody who's smarter than us about it i mean as journalists, we're not we're not supposed to be the smart people. We're supposed to find the people who are smart about it and ask them the questions, you yeah, know? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I could be, you know, people say, Oh, you know everything about everything. I'm like, no, I don't. I said, I talked to somebody who knew everything and they told this is what they told me, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes it's for example, the other day we were talking to an aviation expert about just the state of airlines right now you know yep. there's been a lot of cancellations it's been in the news like every single day about all these airlines having to cancel flights for the summertime and a lot of these um pilots have been going or have been picketing mm-hmm. about their 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 work conditions you know they're all un- unionized yes. so they can't be overworked you don't want them to be either because Mm-mm. they're flying they're your flying plane airplane. it's a very dangerous job right and but this man he is a former pilot and I mean, he could just explain everything to us about what it's like as a pilot, what, you know, why certain schedules for flights are the way that they are, why they can't take off on time, why things might be delayed, because these are the things that are happening behind the scene. I'm like, 
wow, you know, like it's to me, it's fascinating. And yeah. so when I find people like that, I watched that episode and I was uh, what I found fascinating besides the fact that he was truly an expert yeah. and he was able to answer all your questions mm -hmm. was something that he said that really stood out because first of all, it was a perfect storm, right? With a pandemic and everything. Now, certain uh, pilots have to re retire at a certain age. They yeah. can't go past a certain one. Correct. And then there's not enough coming in Correct. because it takes a long time to complete to be a pilot for the hours you have to fly. Mm -hmm. But now. See, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was just hours. like, wow. I, I didn't that, say they I had a, to, that they had a grad, I mean, almost graduate, uh, retired. Retired. I, mean, I didn't so, know about the retired wow. and the hours. I looked into pilot i'm just saying we're gonna be a pilot but really I'm like, yeah oh but, yeah and you're military too yeah. so you probably had so the uh the other thing that stood up what he said was the part where minorities or latinos or anything might have i don't know maybe we don't realize or see that there's always like like a white man as a pilot i'm not yeah. saying that's the case but most of the time that's what you see and so the, so i asked yeah. i was like you know so why is it that we don't see more minority mm -hmm. pilots and the thing is is that it's the way that uh, pilots have to go, the avenues that they have yeah. to become a pilot, mm -hmm. they either get with some of these like academies that the airlines are starting to create so that mm -hmm. they can be more streamlined and to go straight into their position, right? It's reducing the amount of like uh, hours or like training that they need, mm -hmm. but it's streamlined so that they know from like day one, if they're hired by American Airlines to start becoming a pilot, they know from day one, they're going to be an American Airlines pilot. They know all of their standards and procedures, right? right? Otherwise, like, let's say you and I want to become pilots, but, you know, we don't know if we want to become commercial pilots. So we just go and get our, you know, our certifications. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, you know. Um, do you know how expensive it is? It is. It's very expensive. It's a very, very expensive like trade, what's considered a trade. 60000 a year or And there aren't a lot of yeah. financial, like, there aren't like a public, there's not like a Fannie Mae or something like that can fund you for mm -hmm. a loan to, for pilot school right. it's like all pretty much private loans and then the prerequisites for them or the requirements for them are like you know super difficult you mm -hmm. know so it's just it's not easy to become a pilot and it's not cheap mm -hmm. so what happens people who have the money are able to complete that or have ways to get the money but a lot of underprivileged you know, people, minorities and Latinos minorities not have the financial backing, correct, or the loans that they can get to. That's why they're trying to make a change. Yeah, because I think they're it's like, happen. uh, I don't care what color you are, <laughs> we need people we to need fly. People. <laughs> we and need I, people, and I think the government is going to intervene eventually because they're going to see that, like, come on, everybody has to fly. There's so many flights, something's going to have to happen because gonna have that happen. is a major, major industry for so many things. You know, we think about it commercially, yeah, but privately, I mean, and then what he was saying is that. And a lot of these helicopter pilots are actually going to be going into, the, you know, filling these commercial spots because they're paying so much. But then we're going to see mm. in the future a shortage of helicopter pilots. And we need a lot of them for medical reasons. Yeah. You know, so it's just it was a really fascinating. It was. Um, conversation. But I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. To me, I just, you know, I think to me, I think it was so cool, you know, yeah. to learn about those things. I like that. The curiosity part. I like mm -hmm. it myself because I'm very curious about stuff. I'm going to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'd rather ask and and. No, just for that moment, even yeah. then, not to ever like ever forever wonder about whatever question I had at that time. You know yeah. what I mean? And like I said, even if it's not the smartest question at the time, like you said, you don't know who else wants to hear that. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask yeah. whether or not I am gonna ask. Cause you like <laughs> emceeing? Do you I like love MC. Yeah, yes, I seen I you do. in action. You're yeah. really good. 
Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Pizza Fest. That was yeah, cool. Uh, shout out to Original Me that they um, brought me on for that yeah. uh, for that weekend. And uh, yeah, I love MCM. Matter of fact, I miss it because I feel like I emceed like almost every event down in Corpus Christi. It was like anytime, anytime there was a you know something available, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And here. I moved back to Dallas during the pandemic. So everything was shut down. And now that everything's starting back up, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm like the new girl. But I've been here for like two years. So can I still use that as an excuse? But I would like I would love to get back into doing more emceeing. It's it's fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I Mm -hmm. think you are. And you're really good. And you connect with the people. And again, you're just curious about whatever is going on with the event. I think the thing is, is like one thing I noticed is. People will see me, for example, on on TV, or they'll mm-hmm. hear, me, hear me on the radio, or and they think that I'm different from them or something, and I'm not, you mm-hmm. know. And I think when I start to meet people, I just like that connection that mm-hmm. I have, you know. And and people really are like, man, I feel like I talk to you all day or I feel like we know each other yeah. or you know I still have like you know women that start calling me mija you know <laughs> it's like That's all nice. of a sudden I've been like invited over <laughs> to the barbecue and stuff you know um, and I think the world mi- is missing that sometimes we yeah. don't have that connection with our neighbors with our sometimes not even our own family yeah. you know like we that human connection is so important and I think um, just showing that it doesn't matter whether we're on a podcast or, you know, we're on television or whatever. Like we are people just like everybody else. And, um, like I see you, you know, and I, I always, as a Latina, I think it was very important for me to be in the position that I was as a morning news anchor down in Corpus Christi to let people know that like, like I'm here for you guys, you know? Yeah. Not only that, but like you said earlier, younger anchors to look at you like in a Latina, just like you looked at the primer impacto anchors. Now, you were kind of sort of the ones that they look up to, kind of, yeah, to yeah. see if like, oh, wow, she's able to do it. Yeah. I'm able to do it. Yeah. And she kind of looks like me, you know what well, I mean? And, and I think also because, I mean, for, for me, uh-huh. I've always watched Spanish television to see people like me. Yeah. Not English television. You're in English. Now. And now I'm in English television, mm-hmm. you know? And I kudos that there are so many more Latinas. I feel like we need more Latinos and we need more men mm-hmm. in newsrooms. Um, I see a lot of Hispanic girls in, in newsrooms now, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to see that. I don't see it as much as I would like on more national shows, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we could definitely take over some of the morning airwaves with a couple more Latinas. I think the, the, the ABCs, NBCs, CBSs could benefit, you know, of having a Latina on their viewership will go out through the roofs because we still have a lot more to conquer, but there's a lot of us. There's a lot of Latinas. Yeah. There's a lot more in in local newsrooms. and And I just hope that continues. Yeah. The Sammy, the owner for this place, she was telling me that, Women anchor are being Latinas are being hired more on yes. now than ever before. Yeah, there's a turn. Yeah, there's I, a turn. I hear that. I told you it's a superpower. It is. It is. A, <laughs> it is a superpower. So, what brought you back to Dallas? I know, you, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. you moved from the pandemic, and so mm-hmm. it was a job change. It was. It yeah. was. You know, I had been down in Corpus Christi, and like I said, I was there. Weekend anchor, uh, weather anchor, and became their main weather anchor. And then I had also uh, gotten into news. And I felt like I had pretty much done everything that, 
you know, my heart desire down there. Mm. And I uh, came down to the end of a contract. And um, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was scary, you know, because you, you get kind of used to it, you yeah, know. Absolutely. And, and I said, no, like, God, I know you, you bless me with a path that, you know, is set for no one else but me. Like, what is it that you want me to do? And um, I just felt like it was time for me to just move on to find something else. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years did I think I'd be coming back to Dallas. Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of like it happened one day. I saw the opening for KRLD, which is like a legacy station here, oh, yeah. you know? I mean, I grew up also, you know, remember listening to, I remember, I specifically remember my neighbors. They were from New York. <laughs> they were from New York. I lived in Capel when we oh, first you moved knew here. Capel. Yeah, and my neighbors, they were from New York, and but they used to love listening to news radio. And I remember going, uh, they had a daughter who was just a year older than me, and I would go with her to her soccer games on Saturday mornings. And all the way there and all the way back, we'd listen to news radio, 1080 KRLD. And I just remember being like, ah, can we like listen to some music like Britney Spears? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or something. Christina you know? Aguilera. Yeah, or yeah something. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> something. Backstreet Boys, you know, again, like the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And I just remember that. And now as an adult, again, full circle, I'm like, wow, I'm working for that freaking station that I remember <laughs> as a kid, yeah. you know, thinking it was so boring. And now I love it, you know. Yeah, they're um, really good. Thank you. I will listen to today. I will listen to y'all and really crisp. Thank really you. Really nice. Put. I uh, I'm blessed to work with. Yeah. I'm a little dog with a lot of big dogs. Yeah. You know, when they hired me, um, again, like I said, I saw the position and it, my parents still live here, so I was like, that's that's it. That's my next move. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to get back into radio. Like I said, I had done it in college, and it was still on my bucket list to do it professionally and um and so this was my opportunity to do it and i was still doing news mm -hmm. but when they hired me i mean i was just thinking gosh i'm working with legends you yeah. know these are guys that have been on the air for 30 40 years yeah you, you know? celebrated somebody that thir 30 years in the yes industry, mike right? rogers is one of my co-workers yeah. he's he works on the morning show but he's been there for 30 years 30 years that's like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? You know what I mean? Like my it whole is. life. And it's funny because they do make fun of me because I'm like the young kid. Oh, happy you know? belated birthday. Thank Your you. birthday was not that long ago. <laughs> yes, it was. So you are. Yeah. So you are the youngest one there, Yes, right? on wow. the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for anchoring. We do have Anchor. a... Um, um, a young lady who's a reporter there who's she's a little younger than me but um but yeah i it's it and then as a latina you know yeah. to come in as for, for one young that's yeah. a that's tough in that newsroom two female yeah, there's female. only two of us on the air as mm -hmm. anchors Susie solis who's other latina there you oh, go and uh, she's in the morning and then i'm in the afternoons yeah. um and we have one female reporter you know what i mean so like we need more women mm -hmm. uh, in news radio too, but um, but yeah. So I had that, and then on top of that, like coming in from like television, I was like yeah. coming into radio and being the newbie and being young and being Latina. It just was like it was a big deal for me to be hired. I was very very thankful, very but very thankful. I think you still brings a different type of energy. Even some of the things that I haven't seen, maybe because I missed it, but the videos is something that. I mean, you're, yeah. you're kind of like, maybe they haven't done that. No, they but didn't. You're, but you're, you're right. So the pandemic hit and, you know, Zoom was like, you know, fire, yeah. wildfire spread, mm -hmm. like wildfire. Everybody was doing Zoom. Well, we didn't really need to because with the radio, you just pick up the phone. Hey, can I record this conversation? Oh, great, great. There's our interview. It's recorded. Put it on the air. Put like, it it's that simple. 
But when everybody else is doing Zoom, it's like, why can't we do Zoom? And there's still a lot of people that are in the newsroom that they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like me and my co-anchor, he's so cool. He's so so down. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Sure, why not? And I think that's the FM uh, in him. He was in FM radio for most of his career. Mm -hmm. And I think that that energy of being a, a, you know, a jock, you know, and being on FM radio, like – it's different than AM radio, right? Yeah. But um, that's why I like. I really like working with him. He's always down. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we we got some cameras and we started doing the Zoom and putting that element on our website. Yeah. And um, and it's it's great because again, it's the human connection. Like yeah. it, these people who have been doing interviews with that station for years, you know, but they never knew who they were talking to, and now yeah. they can see our faces, and it's like. They're like, man, we loved that interview. It was so fun. It's like there was nothing different about it. It's just that like we connected, you know, because you could see me. There's there's a yeah, something there to say about that visual component. So, yeah, you know, radio is great, but like things are changing. Digital has changed everything. Yeah. Social media, websites, and all that. Zoom. And all that, that is true. So I think we got ahead a little bit, but you went abroad and study in England. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How was that? that? Was- Oh, it was amazing. I love the British accent. Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, freaking too. love it. You know what is funny? Because, like, when you're there for mm-hmm. a, an extended amount of time, you start to pick it up. And, really? like, you don't mean to, mm-hmm. but, like, <laughs> I remember we, like, we came back, um, like, on our flight back, like, mm-hmm. all of the students. Um, and we were like, sorry, so sorry. You know, like, people would hit you with your yeah, luggage yeah. in the airport. And, like, oh, so sorry, sorry. <laughs> and we're like... Where did we get this right? accent from? We became Madonna. You remember when Madonna all of a sudden got yeah, this yeah. accent? It's because you get immersed in it and you start picking it up, you know? But yes, when I was a senior at University of North Texas, through the radio, TV, and film mm-hmm. program, they offer a summer program, um, a summer course, that is, in London. Uh, through the University of London, you get to stay with a host family, and it was for a whole summer semester. So I think we left like at the end of May or beginning of June. And we were there to like the end of July, and uh, yeah, it's almost two months. Yeah, yeah, oh, nice. it was like two, two and a half months. Yeah, nice. And we stayed with the family, and I rode on the red bus to school every day because I lived like the one on the movies. Yes, the I like story one. Yeah, That's so like cool. I had the bus pass, and then we would ride the tube. They mm-hmm. call their subway the tube, mm. and we'd ride that, and um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, and I just have to give a huge thanks to my parents. You know, like. My dad is from Cuba, mm-hmm. you know? My dad didn't have an opportunity like that, you That's know? True. My dad went into the military. Mm-hmm. He's a retired first sergeant Thank you for uh, your in the Marines. Yes. And, um, you know, he that's how he got his his experience to travel and to, mm-hmm. you know, have a different life was through the military, you know? Yeah. And my mom, she's the oldest of eight, came from a small town wow. in you know, Brookshire, Texas, outside of Houston. <laughs> and... Um, you know, her father passed away when she was 10 wow. and uh, in a terrible accident. And her her mom, my grandmother, was in that same accident but survived but was in rehab for several years. Oh, yeah. And the So with stuff. eight kids, you know, they all got split up. So she had a hard childhood, you know, mm-hmm. and she was the first to go to college. She was the first to, you know, make it out of Brookshire and whatnot. And so my parents went through a lot and all they've ever wanted is – to be able to pass that on to to me to have you know amazing opportunities so yeah. i it, it's not remiss it's never like it never passes me like the sacrifice that my parents have put you know yeah. forward to make sure that not only me but my brothers and sisters all 
were college educated and, you know, had a great life. But, um, my, they encouraged it when they heard about it. They were like, yes, they're like, heck yeah, you're going to go. Like, let's do it. You know, they were like pushing yeah. me to do it. And what was amazing was I turned 21 in London nice. and, um, my parents surprised me and showed up. Are you serious? Yeah. They went over there. They went all the way over there. So I wouldn't spend, I've never spent a birthday alone. That's yeah. awesome. I've never spent a birthday alone. They, they showed up and celebrated with me and my classmates mm. took us all to dinner and then they went into their own thing, you know. So I'm very blessed. Very, very That's blessed. That's awesome. I think they will be proud of you. Thank you. For everything you've done and continue to do. You're still young. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing. Europe is a whole different vibe. It is. I would love to go there. back. I would love to go back. Yeah, I'm going back eventually. But yeah, it's a whole different it's vibe. Cool. I've been to a few places. And like when I heard the first person like talking to British accent, I was like, Say it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a vibe, like, right? It's, it's vibe. so <laughs> freaking awesome. Okay, so tell me about the, uh, so you do a lot of, uh, tell me one time a story that was like, because first of all, you're very positive of all your posts that you do. <laughs> and it's kind of hard, especially dealing with the news, right? Because a lot of the times the news is mm. not the the nicest things possible, right? Yeah. So having to have to take all that in and then still being positive, how do you do it? How do you manage? Pet therapy. Pet therapy. <laughs> I believe in, I love animals. Mm -hmm. I love animals. And anybody who follows me on social media, specifically my Facebook page, because I think it's the easiest there to show. But, you know, um, sometimes I look at my timeline and, mm -hmm. you know, it, my social media timeline, it's like shooting, stabbing, drowning, kid dies, mm. this person dies, mm. da, 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 you know, and it's just negative, negative, negative. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, most people, they just unfollow or mm -hmm. they just don't, they probably don't, if you're not a news or a news junkie like I am, like mm -hmm. you're probably not following all these pages like I am, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm following every news source, you know, like around the world. And so you, you see a lot of it and sometimes it's just like, it's draining mm -hmm. because like I can never really turn it off, right. you know, um, it's part of the job. It's part of the job. You know, mm -hmm. you always feel like you're missing something, you know, right. And I'm working on that. <laughs> But honestly, like I, when I do try to make posts, I always try to say, okay, you know what? This is a funny post or this is a, you know, I love animal stories and I try to post that. And, um, you know. I stole your tortilla, Mim. The Which one, one about was that the one? one you can, if your tortilla can rise, so can you or something like that. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. I don't know. I don't remember that one. It was yeah. forever ago. It was yes. one of your old stories. That I was like, oh, oh this yeah. is so hilarious. Yes, I'm telling you. Like I just, uh, I, you know, you have to laugh and, yeah. and. Um, a laugh, I think that doesn't like put, like put anybody down, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there yeah. could just be some silly stuff out there, but, um, but yeah, no pet therapy, I think is a real thing. I do believe in, um, you know, having a pet companion. One of the, the segments that I had in Corpus Christi for almost seven years is called uh pause for pets. Pause for pets. And now here being in the Metroplex, um, I try to be as much of an advocate for people to adopt as much as possible. And mm -hmm. we've recently started adoptable pet pals through um, KRLD. And we're working with the SPCA of Texas to try to get animals adopted. Um, down in Corpus Christi, they had a um, one of the worst stray problems in the nation. Mm, and wow. the U.S. Humane Society actually came down to start programs down there for like trap and release and vaccinations and whatnot. And um our once a week pet of the week segment turned actually into like a daily segment. That's how many animals needed to be adopted. Wow. And uh, it was like a 90% rate of any time, you know, an animal 
showed up on our segment, they got adopted or nice. fostered. So, you know, I hope to do, do as much as I can here in Dallas uh, right now because of the pandemic and people returning animals and just all kinds of other issues. Mm-hmm. All of our local animal shelters right now are swamped. You know, they need help. They need people to come and adopt. Um, they need people to be responsible and get their animals neutered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm a huge advocate for that. But I have a dog myself. And yeah, on tough days, yeah, it's just pet therapy is good. What's his name? Jax. Jax. <laughs> and uh, is, is, are you the one that began the adoptable pet idea or it was something that they no, wanted you know, to do? I, I wanted to kind of do something similar to Paws for Pets Paws for that fun. since we, it it was kind of part of my branding mm-hmm. down in Corpus Christi, but um, apparently even before I started there, they had been wanting to do something of that sort. I just happened to be the right person to click with the project and get finally help get it rolling, you know? Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, KRLD had, had already been kind of trying to get it in the works. That's good. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a, uh, a story that you cover that it took, Everything that you had in it to maintain your cool and your professionalism, uh, even though like you wanted to break from being the anchor and have a human moment, you're like, I have to finish this. Was there anything? Yeah. Um, we used to have a segment every May in Corpus Christi mm-hmm. uh, with Driscoll Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. and it was called uh, Miracle Month of May. And what we would do was at the end of May, we would have a telethon that mm-hmm. we would host on our station to raise money for the hospital, the children's hospital. Yeah. But all leading up to the telethon, um, all everyone, it was an all-hands-on-deck project. So it wasn't just like me. It was all of the reporters, all the anchors would get stories from the hospital, uh, any of the families who would volunteer to share their child's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, um, I think those stories always touched me the most because my sister is um, special needs uh, mm-hmm. and has a, d- a disability. She was born with spina bifida mm-hmm. and um, she was born paralyzed from the waist down. And um, I will say this, like, my sister's freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, and I, I know I'm biased, but she's amazing. Like, I believe. anybody who knows my sister knows she's a go-getter. She's positive attitude. She's mm-hmm. so smart. She's so loving and you know positive and doesn't let anything stop her no matter that she can't walk like mm-hmm. that's nothing you know she rides horses she does you know river rafting she skis you know she actually just recently competed in june uh at the national special olympics tournament nice. awesome. in orlando so all of our family yes and she came home with two silver medals what? in bocce ball and a fourth place team win nice. um there were like over 300 bocce uh players so she smoked them <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but um but i'm very sensitive to to that i you know to families struggles with medical care and you know um you know, just I'm very compassionate towards that, you know. And so to see some of the kids and mm-hmm. just the, the kids are just, you know, sometimes they don't know they're sick, yeah. you know, and they just their their enthusiasm for life is stronger than than anyone you've ever met. You know, you think you have so many medical issues. Mm-hmm. How can that not let you down? You know, how can you ha- be so positive and happy? And they are like, that's just to me, it just reminds me like just 
God's grace, yeah, you know, and uh, the blessings that we do have with our abilities and our, our health and even finances, because some of the things that the parents have to go through, you know, or the, you know, the fact that it's a miracle that, you know, these hospitals can completely pay for their bills. Yeah. It's huge, you know? So I think those are um, types of stories I'm very sensitive to. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'd be really tough. You have like literally have to dig in to make sure that, you know, you stay composed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will say on the flip side, mm-hmm. there was once one interview that I did, I could not compose myself. And this was like not a sad thing. This was just like an embarrassing thing. What happened? <laughs> what time, happened? I don't usually get starstruck, but I was starstruck this day and I uh-huh. had to do an interview. And I, I remember I was sweating bullets. <laughs> I couldn't like, my mouth is dry. I couldn't speak. <laughs> Was this at the Selena event? No, 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 no. no. This was, um, I was interviewing, doing a satellite interview. Oh, he wasn't even in the room in the with room. Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that interview. I was so nervous when they told me, they're like, Kristen, you're going to interview Dak. I was like, I was like, what? what? I'm doing what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're going to interview Dak. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Uh, you know, he can't even see me. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, you know, I'm putting my IV in. I'm sitting at the desk. I'm like, I only have certain, like, I can only ask him like three or four questions, yeah. you know, because he's doing like um, a round robin with all these different media. And and they, they'll tell him, hey, okay, this is KIII and Corpus Christi. You're talking to Kristen Diaz. And he was like, oh, hey, Kristen. I was like, he knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Like now, I laugh about it, and like now, if I ever saw him, I'd be like, "Yeah, you know what's up, Dag? You know, no big deal." But like, but it wasn't years ago. Oh my god! I saw the video. You couldn't tell that uh, you were. I kept it cool. Yeah, I, kept it cool. Right, cool. I saw I it. I did, but, it know, wasn't like that much. Now that I know, I'm gonna go back and look at it. Like, oh yeah, I can see that she was. Yeah. How many other celebrities have you interviewed? Um, a few. Yeah. Um, but not, but not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Sometimes we would have like special guests as celebrities that would come in for some of the nonprofit organizations that I would MC mm-hmm. their event. Nice. So since I was already um, involved with those events, uh, my news station would ask me to get like an interview with whoever the special guest or mm-hmm. the guest speaker was for those for those uh, charities. So, um, I mean, I think Dak was probably because I interviewed John Walsh who. He was a big journalist. Yeah. Um, I interviewed um, John Walsh. Nice. Yeah, Lisa big. Ling. I interviewed her. I interviewed. Um, I've interviewed. Uh, well, for anybody who's you know a big Selena, Selena fan, yeah. uh, Suzette Quintanilla. I've, you in, did. You yeah. were at that event uh, years ago. With Desi. The, uh, uh, the other one is uh, uh, the makeup artist Desi. I forget her last name. I forget her last uh, name, yeah, but yeah, 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 the makeup artist, the big YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. I nice. interviewed her too. And then I think at the same event, Becky G was. Becky there. G was there. Yeah. yeah. And the whole you were super. First of all, you were a fan of Selena. Super huge fan. Of Selena. fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was. you got get to cover this event, and then you have all these people that have ties with Selena yeah. from like being part of the family to makeup to isn't it weird how God yeah, works? You see all is. these like yeah. full circles, like. You don't understand how many times I talk to God. I'm like, yeah. wow, God, like this is so wild. Like I, I like I see what you're doing. Like I see what you're yeah. doing. Like as a little girl, thinking like, man, I just want to be just like her. And to have my first step in my my big first step in my career going down to Corpus Christi. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. what? You know, it's wild. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I have I have nothing but amazing things to say about you know like her whole family and the people. Like no, like I've. I've met a lot of them, and they were all amazing. I know that 
again in the media you hear things yeah you hear whispers they love they love gossip and stuff like people that people like to hate too yeah, people like to hate true. and i'm like nah i did an episode because sometimes i do solo episodes and then i cover her as far as just what i like to do is get a little couple of fun facts that people didn't know like a lot of people didn't know sherry lighters was her one of her best friends yeah and they were like kind of like she was teaching her how to be a, a girl and things like that and a lot of people didn't know and i like to find this couple little things that like yeah I listen when i listen to your podcast i'm always like uh i was like i love that you do so much good research in the bag yeah. like you know i i learned a lot you know when you pick certain people in the history of I appreciate doing it their thing. but i do need to know need more because you're <laughs> you're a one you're a one on tv oh, on radio and even though i take into classes I don't like, I still need work, but it's super cool to watch our work. Like the people that are professionals and we like, you can hear it because I know about the enunciating, the, the wording, the expressions yeah. and different things like that. Even reading the teleprompter, like, man, whew, salute because it's freaking, <laughs> we make it look so easy. Thank it's you. Crazy. Thank you. So I think I pretty much covered everything that I needed to cover. I appreciate you very much for being here. I mean, you have a, a, an amazing story. Uh, your mom is amazing, she and, and is. Uh, your dad as well. So, Thank and I'm again, as I mentioned earlier, I think they'd be super proud of you. And Thank with you. us being connected now with everything, as far as the news, and then you putting content online and everything, none. I think that you definitely are touching the masses and in and, and a global you. scale. So, Christian Diaz, you are a global Latin factor. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> One last question before I let you go. If anybody was to Google you years from now or search you in some kind of search engine, what do you hope for them to find from, about you? Um, I hope that they find, if this is in the future, you know, mm -hmm. I hope that they find that I made a positive impact, you know, in some way or another and represented for Latinas. You know, yeah. and whether that be a trailblazer or whether that be um, just supporting other Latinas and maybe that be in whatever I do or can create or, you know, can be a representative for, you know, I hope to be able to make others proud and, and give other people an opportunity to, you know, move up. Yeah, I think you definitely will. And I, th I know that you are a role model if you... <laughs> don't realize that other Latinas that may be looking into getting into the news and things like that, they're watching you know, be somebody to, as an imp, like an example, you oh, know, thank because you. a lot of the times I feel like if you can't see somebody like you, sometimes maybe you can't relate, but when you see somebody like you, you'll be like, oh, look, she did it. I, I might be able to do it too. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And doing it in an English network, not just the, the regular Latino channels that we have. Yeah. And why one. not do both, right? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we do have that, that, yeah. lux not luxury, but the, it that, is. The, what comes with us being a Latino, we are able to do that because we can relate to that side and we can relate to that side That's as well, right. you know? So, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. This was another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Remember, we are just like you. We are the spice in this melting pot. Until next time.